theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. here to Luke 16 19 through 31 let's check this out he also said to his disciples so first off who is he speaking to okay praise God praise God he he said to his disciples there was a certain rich man who had a steward and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods so he called him and said to him what is this I hear about you Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do. Then when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called everyone. This is what this dude did. He called every one of his master's debtors to him and said to the first, How much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measure of oil. So he said to him, so he said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Goodness gracious. 50% discount. (laughs) Then he said to another, and how much do you owe? So he said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write 80. What are we doing? slashing prices so the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly for the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light and I say to you make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon then when you fail they may receive you into an everlasting home he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other. Or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And I'm going to preach this thought to you today as we wrap up this series. Choose today whom you will serve. Choose today whom you will serve. Would you help me pray? There's already a prophetic unction in the house today. Would you just lift your hands to heaven one more time? Father, we love you. We honor you. We're so thankful. I pray that your anointing would rest upon me to teach and to preach your word with relevancy and with accuracy. Open our hearts and minds. Open our understanding, God. Let a spirit of wisdom and revelation sit upon all of us that are here today and watching online to get what the spirit is saying we thank you and we give you praise in jesus name would you say amen you may be seated in the presence of the lord praise god who is mammon what is mammon and in order for us to understand this spirit of mammon we need to know the context in which Jesus speaks the word mammon to us. Mammon, if you read the scriptures and if you study the scriptures, if you are what we call a scriptorian, if you study those, you'll realize that mammon is only mentioned in scripture four times in the entire Bible. As a matter of fact, every time that mammon is mentioned, this is important, don't miss this, it's through the lips of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus is the only one who addresses mammon. Now, he addresses it both in Luke 16, which is what I read to you today, but he also addresses this this spirit of mammon in Matthew chapter 6. And if you know anything about Matthew chapter 6, you understand that this is right dead smack in the middle of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. This is when he has probably has his most captive audience. His ministry has reached, reached its climax and he's preaching to these, 
this group of people here and he's captured their attention. He's very relatable and right did smack in the middle of his sermon. He preaches on materialism and possessions and generosity. And it's interesting because we don't see Jesus in this sermon talking about unfruitful things. We don't see Jesus talking about unimportant things. The Sermon on the Mount has a large audience and he's trying to tell the audience how they can leave and exit this life of burden, how they can leave this life of care and worry and enter into a peace and into a life in the kingdom that is intended for everybody to live. Let me just push pause. I say it all the time, but the kingdom of God is a great place to find your place. The kingdom of God is for everybody. I know y'all might be sleepy this afternoon, but I need y'all to talk back to me. The kingdom of God is for everybody. Can somebody say amen? And I don't have time to go through all of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 and seven but what I do want you to understand is that in it, perhaps what some would say is his most important message ever. Jesus starts talking about possessions. Now, what's interesting is if you, you read all of Luke 16, when Jesus got through teaching about mammon, he conveys you and I can't serve two masters. It, it, when he said it, the Pharisees heard him talking because remember, he said to his disciples, that's what we read, Jesus was talking to his disciples, but these Pharisees are always up in everybody else's business. Maybe that's a sign of a Pharisee. Always in everybody else's business. And the Pharisees find them doing that. And, and as they're up in every, isn't it interesting? When you, the people that are in everybody else's business, they got a lot to say about that. This is exactly what the Pharisees are doing. The Pharisees start chiding Jesus and his teachings and they start mocking him in the sermons he's preached and the reason why the Pharisees were talking about Jesus's sermon on giving and mammon is because in the text we understand that it tells us if you just go ahead and read more of it it tells us that they loved money and when you love money you get mad at people who talk about money and its purpose when money is your God and money is what you pursue and money is what you chase, then you actually get offended when people who are called to teach and preach the word of God show and instruct people what scripture says on how to live and how to behave when it comes to managing money. Can somebody say, I'm just a steward? And so the word of God doesn't hide this issue of resources and stewardship and management. It actually talks a lot about it. And when we who are called to talk about it and people don't want to hear anything about it because it brings accountability, what they do is they do like the Pharisees did. They mock it. They deride it. They vilify it. But I would just into, uh, I just want to issue a gentle spiritual warning for all of us. I've noticed if, if we're not careful when it comes to our families, when it comes to our lives, we can be tempted to prioritize economic uh, provision over spiritual protection. In other words, let me just make it plain for you. If somebody has a job offer somewhere else and it's for more money and it's for the promotion, that's great. I'm not hating on all that. And you have to leave and go to another city, another province, perhaps even another country. Oftentimes that can very well be the provision of God. That can be the blessing of God and the favor of God. We declare it every week. I believe if anybody's going to be promoted and be blessed, it's the people of God. Can somebody say amen? I was just talking with somebody earlier this week. They said, uh, Pastor, the Lord gave me a promotion. I didn't apply for it. Hundreds of people could have gotten the job. They came to me and just said, it's yours. Do you want it? That's how God works with the people of God. I'm thankful. That's the provision of God. And that's great. We can be more generous. We can help advance the kingdom of God. But sometimes that's not the case. I've seen many people who are thriving spiritually, getting connected close to God, plugged in. God's moving in their life, and they go somewhere else for a little money. And they get somewhere else, and they have more money, but less God. Be very careful 
not to prioritize economics over the presence of God. Let me just help you out right here. I know it might not always be popular, but we're living to live again. I'm, I'm not living for this life. I'm living because of what he's called me to and where he's called me to. And I'm telling you, my life is not my own. And I'll forfeit a little bit of money if my kids can be plugged in serving and loving God. And I'll be plugged in where God can use me and I can grow in what he has for me. Money is not all that matters. I need somebody to say amen. Praise God. I know it's tight. But it's right. And if we're not careful, here's the reality of it. You know what? My, our posture towards money reflects the condition of our heart. See, the truth is that we don't like to be confronted about money. But money really talks about or reveals where we are. Money has, boy, I tell you, money has a way of revealing the true substance of what we're about. Who we are. You want to get on somebody's good side or bad side? Just play with their money. <laughs> Praise God. Y'all know what I'm talking about. See, Jesus didn't play games, praise God, when it came to money. Yeah, the, I know that he gave the OJ's inspiration. Money, money, money. Anyway, yeah, praise God. Y'all acting like y'all don't even know who the OJ's are. Praise God. Uh, but Jesus wasn't playing games with the Pharisees. In, in fact, they're mad about his sermon because he's preaching to the disciples. He wasn't even talking to the Pharisees, but the Bible says they overheard him. And they have the unmitigated goal to get mad at a sermon that wasn't even directed toward them. God already knew what was in their heart. The Bible said that they loved money and said they were chasing after them. Uh, and, and that, they're, frankly, what was in their heart was an abomination unto the Lord. This is all right here in Luke chapter 16. But can I tell you, God wants to use this message to convict somebody in this house today who perhaps might be on the road of pursuing one thing. And God is trying to intercept the destructive pattern that's in your life so that you can stop chasing stuff. And you can start chasing the one who will give you everything that you need and who is everything that you need. I found this to be true. You can chase money and get it and still be bankrupt. But if you chase God and get him, you're blessed. It doesn't matter what you have in the bank. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. So the first thing I want to do is dispel some myths that are out there. The first is money is not the root of all evil. You, you, you've heard this before, but if we're not careful, this is a, a misnomer. Money itself is not evil. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Let me just dispel another myth here real quick. God has more pleasure in watching you stay broke than be blessed. That is not true. That is not true. The blessing is on your life. See, the reality of it is, though, what we are not doing, and I'm going to show you this, this happens when we don't live within our means. Oh, don't, praise God. Don't worry. Cheryl will be here next week, and y'all will be happy. Let me just tell you something else that's a lie. God never sends a wealthy person to hell simply because they're wealthy. He never judges in scripture wealth as something that is evil. Now y'all happy. Praise God. Right, now y'all smiling. Ain't nobody smiled all day. Praise God. No, I'm just kidding. We smiling and worshiping. Praise God. But it's about what you did to have it. And how willing sometimes people are to disregard everything in life to get it. Some people chase things, and when they get those things, they find out those, those things are not as precious and valuable as they once thought they were. I know, I know a ton of people who don't have tons of money but are blessed. I also know a ton of people who have tons of money, and they're blessed. I also know people who have tons of money and are cursed, unhappy in life, because money cannot give you what only God promises you. And some people, we're chasing stuff, and, and we want this stuff. And why, why do we chase this stuff? 
I'm going to share with you three reasons why we chase this stuff. And I'm going to help you. This is concerning the spirit of man. And we're going to unpack this today. Is that all right? I want to share with you these three things. I'm going to share with you what one is the compositional makeup of mammon. Two, how to discern it when it is attempting to invade or infiltrate your life. And the third thing is how to deal with getting rid of mammon. Praise God. We're going to get mammon though. The boot. I feel like I need to keep my form a little tighter. Santi was judging me. Santi and Ed was just, hold on, let me just boom. Boom. It was tighter than you. Okay, Ed, Ed was over there. He was like, yeah, that, that ball all over the place. Praise God. So I just had to let him know, you know, I can't. But here's what I want you to understand. Some people say mammon is not a spirit. Listen, I get it. Everything is not a spirit. No, there's not. Listen, ain't no the, the drugs. There's people like I got a nicotine spirit. No, you don't. I got a drug spirit. You know, I got, I got this. No, no, no. Everything is not a spirit. I get that. But mammon, Jesus addresses it. It's the spirit of mammon. Now, watch this. This is, this is crazy. Let me tell you what I believe in the text. And when Jesus mentions mammon, no one ever else does. No one else would talk about it. Now, when we talk about mammon, I want you to think materialism. They talk about the riches of this world. But Jesus is the only one who addresses this spirit. See, the word mammon, watch this, comes from the Aramaic. And it is literally in Babylonian culture. It was the God of materialism. The God of riches. Literally, it was the God of riches. If you ever saw a picture of the Babylonian God of mammon, you would rather see a demonic looking like creature sitting on a pile of gold. That was the symbol of mammon. The God of a, a little God sitting on a pile of gold. I'm going to show you some pictures. You can Google this. Let's show them the first one. This is what you would see. Uh, 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 now, let's, let's show them the next one. This. You would see a, a, a image like this sitting on the gold. This is what they would worship. Look at, look at the next one. You know what's interesting about this? I wanted to bring this up. For y'all who watch anime. You know what this dude's name is? Mammon. You know what he's doing? You got to be careful what you watch. I, I know it's going to get tight because every, every single one of y'all know what's going on with this anime. I don't fool with it. But I'm telling you right now, for the, everybody here is behind me. I'm going to preach to the camera. For everybody that is watching that, you are opening a door to something. You have no idea what you're connecting to. And there is something that's a medium. You have to understand that the world knows full well what it's doing. And the spirit of mammon is trying to get a hold. Choke the very life out of you. And here's the crazy thing. They make them endearing. Now, let me show you the next one. This is crazy. You see this. They literally thought in order to get the gold, here's what they had to do, Pastor Barry. They had to serve and worship the God sitting on the gold. That's what the Babylonians thought. Now, stick with me. We can take that down. I think it's incredibly interesting that this God, lowercase g, emerged from the Babylonian culture. The reason why I believe this is important, please don't miss this. Please stay with me here. It emerges out of the Babylonian culture because if you study the word of God, you find that Babylon came from the Tower of Babel in the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis reveals this moment of Babylon and those who built the Tower of Babel. Stick with me. This is what this stuff is rooted in. I know y'all like, man, where is Pastor going today? He is off. But just stick with me. Watch this. They were a society of people trying to touch heaven. Here's what they were attempting. They were attempting to reach heaven and establish a pathway into life without having to go through God. So what we see in this Babylonian culture is this ongoing attempt to produce that kind of society in which people can have all that God has promised them without having to go through God to get the promise. 
Some people want to be wealthy and don't need God for their wealth. Some people want to be financially secure and don't depend on God for their financial security. Some people want to have peace of mind when they lie down at night, but they don't want to have to rely on God to find it. This is what this spirit of mammon is all about. So if you don't serve God and worship God and make God the object of your affection, then you are relegated to some demon spirit that is sitting on a pot of gold or has a pot of gold underneath him. And in order for you, if you're going to go uh, to God to meet your needs, then you're going to have to find, you're going to have to fight the spirit of mammon who allegedly has the gold. But I read in Malachi, now, I don't care what this demon spirit of mammon says, but I read in Malachi, Malachi said that the silver and gold are mine, says the Lord. This is why God could appropriately promise you that if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things shall be added unto you. Stop seeking gold. Start seeking God. And if you get God and go after God, God can trust you. And guess what he'll do? He'll give you the gold. <laughs> but most people, here's what we want to do. We don't want to seek God and we don't want to depend on him. When God says, I'm your source, I'm your provider, I'm, I'm your peace, I'm the one who'll make a way. And yet so many times we want God to be a healer, waymaker, promise keeper. We want him to be a deliverer. We want him to be a marriage fixer. Don't anybody look at your spouse. We want him to be a child fixer. All your kids, well, most of them downstairs, but if your kids are growing ahead, they'll just look straight ahead. Praise God. And when it comes to money, you know what? We don't want to put, well, we, God, fix my children, fix, fix my marriage, deliver me, heal my body. But keep your nose out my money. See, no, 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 no. See, we have to recognize Jesus was speaking to the disciples. That spirit of mammon will try to attach itself to those who follow Jesus. See, you live and I live in a world that is attached to a monetary system that wants us to depend on people more than we depend on God. Y'all not going to help me this afternoon. It's okay. I know I might make some enemies right here. I don't want you to really be my enemy. I want you to be my friend. Praise God. I want you to love me. But I want you to know at the end of the day, God is your source. People are not your source. The government is not your source. I don't put, you can put your hope in the Canadian government all you want. I'm, you can put your hope in people. I'm telling you, they might bail you out every once in a while, but God is our source. There will come a time where people will not be able to bail us out. There'll come a time where the government will not be able to bail us out. And you'll have to find out if your faith in God is activated so you can trust him and stand on his word and watch God do what only God can do. What is mammon? We live in a system that wants to take away our willingness to trust God. So when we run out of money trying to produce the kind of lifestyle we all want to live, what do we do? We just print more money. But I'm going to make this declaration. As for me, my help comes from the Lord. My help comes from the Lord. The devil may want you to trust in people. The devil may want you to trust in systems. He wants to rob you of your ability to trust God. But if you let God do it, God will make you the head and not the tail. God will place you above and not beneath. When God blesses you, you won't owe nobody for the blessings. For his blessings make you rich and there's no sorrow. Do you believe that? That is not to say that we should not be benevolent. That is not to say we shouldn't provide systems of social and structural care for people. But what I'm telling you is as the people of God, at the end of the day, you and I, if we have more hope, if we have more hope in that stuff than we do the goodness of God, we trust in mammon. See, the spirit of mammon, the DNA, its compositional makeup, it came up out of this Babylonian culture, a culture that tried to reach God without depending on God. They tried to reach heaven without depending on God. Let me help you understand something. If you want more money because you want more peace of mind, you'll never have peace of mind. 
it will always be elusive. Peace doesn't come from money. All right. I know. I know what it's like. It, it's a good feeling. Y'all can. Re- it's a good feeling to have all your bills paid and have a little bit of money left over. Can somebody say amen? Praise God. We can relate to that. We can relate to that. But here's the thing I want you to catch. The difference between that feeling and the absolute drive to have more so that you don't have to worry is the difference between the spirit of mammon and the spirit of God. All right. I'm going to show you something. I need, who's got some money here? Don't, don't pray. Look at y'all. Like, oh, like two people raised their hand. We, we, why y'all? Why? Some of y'all raised both hands. Praise God. Thank you, Jeff. I should have known the power's got plenty of money. Y'all can't see it on the camera. Let me just pick it up off the floor. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. That was like this. I'm not making eye contact with him. Praise God. Praise God. All right. Okay. Praise God. Twenty dollars. Anybody got a $50 bill? Joyce, praise Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let me, look at Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! I should have known. I should have known. All right, let me get back to my sermon. Praise God. No. Praise God. All right. I'll make sure I get it back to the right owner. Andre's like, was that an investment? Here's what I want you to understand. Money, this right here, this currency, this is neutral. Money in and of itself is not good or bad. This $100 bill is neutral. This $50 bill is neutral. This 10 and these fives, this is all new. I ain't going to get this back to y'all. Don't worry. Praise God. But I'm a, I'm, I'm, and I'm not going to forget. Praise God. Because I never carry cash on me. Just, just stick with me here for a second. Money is a neutral thing. This cash is not evil. This cash is neutral. It only becomes righteous or evil. When it's put into the hands of the person who will use it for either righteousness or evil's sake. There is a spirit on every piece of money, in every bank account, for all of y'all who kept your hands in your pocket when I was like, who got some cash? There's something on, even on your bank account, on all the money in this room, and you and I determine what that spirit is. If we take this cash, hear me, if I take this cash right now and I see it as peace, I see it as joy, this is my only source of security. If we see this and we think, this is all I need and I need more of this, I want to tell you, in discerning the spirit of mammon, this is how you know If mammon is trying to get a hold of you, because you have this, you start to feel better. If you have more of this, you start to feel better. You start feeling more confident. Your praise is a little different. Can I tell you, I got nothing wrong with you getting more of this. I'm going somewhere, but hear me. If this is what your peace is attached to, it's not peace. If this is what your joy is attached to, it's not joy. I'm here to tell you right now, the spirit of mammon will try to rob you from trusting God. You can work all day, all night, have no friends, have no family, have all the money in the bank, if you will, and you can keep chasing this, and you'll end up empty. Some of us, if we keep it in 100, we shout better when we have this. Oh, well, help me, Lord. Don't worry. I'm not going to leave that here, yo. I'm, praise God. Everybody come to the altar. No, I'm just kidding. God, just touch the hem of the praise God. No, I'm just kidding. 
I got nothing wrong with you getting more of it. But here's what we need to understand. If this helps you and you think that this makes you more confident and secure, your security is faulty. Some of us need to understand that God is good. And I'm thankful. I remember when I didn't have $100, I didn't have $5. I'm thankful, though. I had something down on the inside that kept me. I might not have had two. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm American, so I'll say two pennies. That's a saying. We have two pennies to rub to our name, if you will. But you know what? God kept me. I had victory, and the anointing was on my life. And my sins were as far as the east is from the west. Come on, I'm telling you, we must understand that our joy and peace are not about having more money it's about understanding who we are in Jesus Christ and what he's doing and the blessing that's on our life so here's the question how do you discern when mammon is trying to work against you okay watch this when you start worrying more about your financial situation than you do in trusting God and putting your confidence in his promises mammon is on the loose when, when we're seeking the gold and not the glory, mammon is on the loose. Mammon works in two ways. Are you ready? Greed and anxiety. Greed and anxiety. I'll, I'll, I'll get, I'll get, I'll get. You want more, you want more, and you want more. And I'll, if I get more, I'm fine. And if it's not more, I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm worried. And you stop trusting the promises. And you start operating in the flesh to get more. Some of us right now, we are killing ourselves. Trying to live a lifestyle that the devil has convinced us we have to live. And I ain't against nobody having nice stuff. But you can go out and put on your credit card the nicest pair of J's and you can get this and you can get that and it can boost up your confidence and you can think everybody sees you and you come home and ain't nobody paid you attention in the man in the moon. And you feel, let's just be real. Let me get y'all this money back too, praise God. I think, <laughs> this ain't the time to joke. Because Pram ain't even laughing. Pram look like, don't play with my money. I told y'all, y'all don't play with money, boy. Y'all, boy, Pram and Nita both, boy, they look, look like gangsters for a second, boy. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> they just, they smile and laughing, so they trying to bless me. Praise God. No, let me thank you. I'm just going to give it all to her anyway, Andre, you know. <laughs> I'm just, we know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Andre already knew what that was happening anyway. Praise God. But how many of us have done this? Well, if we're going to keep it real, we remember. Uh, how many of us are be willing to acknowledge that you went to? First of all, let me just say this. It, how many of y'all have done this first? We'll go with the, the, the appropriate one first. How many of you have wanted something and you saved up for it and got it? Felt good, didn't it? Felt good. You didn't get it when you wanted to get it, did you? But you had to save up for it and maybe even deny and not buy some other stuff so you could get it when you wanted to get it. But when you got it, man, you were glad you got it. Now, on the flip side, how many of us have gone and put something on a credit card knowing that we couldn't afford it? No, it doesn't. We need to make sure. I ain't going to say nothing. I ain't going to praise you. I ain't going to identify who that was online. Praise God. You do it. You buy it. And you're like, oh, man, this is good. It was on sale. You convinced yourself that you ain't never seen a 15% sale before in your life. Yeah. Some of y'all, you're going to drive all the way. Buffalo. Somebody told me they don't have taxes in Pennsylvania. They're like, you're going to drive all the way to Pennsylvania and put it on the credit card because they don't charge you taxes in Pennsylvania only to pay 30% interest on your credit card. And y'all, yeah, ouch. Y'all want to get tight. We preaching about tithing. Anyway, help me, Lord. You ain't got no problem paying that credit card 30% interest. That's predatory lending, by the way, praise God. But you know what? You go and you buy that stuff, and the moment you get home, it don't even look the same. 
you look at it, you like, well, you put the shoes on, you can't even enjoy the shoes. You, you, you're trying to praise them, and you, the shoes just talking back to you. Like, you, you can't even afford this praise break. You just like this. Because yeah. you, you, you know, you know, you, you and I both know. But here's the reality of it. This is about us not having the discipline to steward what God has given us and to see with long-term perspective. If we could see with a long-term perspective, it would help us with our priorities. And God will bless me in my future. And one day if I do the right things and I do right by him and what he's entrusted to me, I'm going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But you got to be careful. Be careful that the spirit of mammon doesn't attract you to its pot of gold and get you to leave in trusting him. See, this compositional makeup of mammon, it's, it's a spirit rooted and developed and birthed out of a culture that wants you to live a life without trusting God. I'm going to say this. Anything you get that causes you to trust God less, give it back. I don't know who that was, but thank you. So I'm going to say it again. Anything. That gets you to that causes you to trust God less than you get, give it back. <laughs> Remember when I told y'all God called me out of secular employment 15 years ago, over 15 years ago now? Uh, you know what God was trying to do? God was trying to get me to see He's not just trying to pay my bills, He's trying to get me to trust Him. The amount of money that I was making for a family of four back then, you all would laugh and balk. It was a miracle of God. It, it would have been different if we had health insurance. So we didn't have, because we were living in the States. No insurance, no nothing. Oh, did we even have vehicle insurance? Praise God. <laughs> did we? Okay, sir. I thought we probably paid the $400 fee not to have it. <laughs> Praise God. Honor. It wasn't that we didn't want it. Praise God. We just couldn't afford it. Thank you. Well, she said we had it. Praise God. We had it. She said, let me get the record straight. Sarah going to make sure I'm telling her. We, let me just, we had insurance, vehicle insurance. <laughs> Praise God. We did not have health insurance. Praise God. I just want to make sure health insurance. <laughs> we did have auto insurance. But you know what? As God began to do a work and I trusted him and I began to learn and live within our means and God would begin to provide. And I remember, uh, y'all don't know nothing about this because when in the States, if you have to, you know, you have a couple of health crises and you go to the hospital, uh, they bless you with like a $30,000 bill. Um, and they're like, oh, you know, uh, I was like, we don't have insurance. They're like, oh, don't worry for $9.99 a month for the rest of your life, your children's life and their children's life. This debt can be paid. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll do that. Praise God. Because uh, we didn't have insurance. And I remember, uh, you know, you would make the arrangement to pay them, uh, but they would still call you at the same time. Y'all know them. I know getting no calls from no collectors. We didn't have other debt, but we had medical debt. And I remember getting from up underneath that medical debt. And I remember uh, just doing what we could and uh, making some phone calls. And then we made some more phone calls. And uh, then I found out there was grant money and people. And then that just we, they ended up taking care of like all the remaining debt. And we got out. And I was like, praise God. And here where we were living. Uh, we had moved to Texas, and we finally had health insurance. I didn't know what to do. I was like, praise God. I'm the, I, you would have thought, I was like, I'm in ministry and got health insurance? I was like, praise God. I was like, won't he do it? Then we go, and we just, you know, Lord, just blessing, and just, you know, we finally get to Florida, and finally we had no debts, and I was like, man, we might be able to put aside like $50 a month for retirement. I was like, praise God. I was like, we, I was like, we're gonna retire. Not me, not me 93, but we're gonna retire. I'm putting this money in there, praise God. And so we ain't had no debt now. And the Lord's blessing. And, and I was like, man, you know what? The spirit of mammon started talking to me. I was like, well, you know, you could retire in 93, or you could accelerate the process. And I was like, well, how could I accelerate the process? I could get involved in real estate. All my connections at the church, I could 
or sell the real estate. And here I, the Lord is like, as I'm taking the test and I'm preparing for it and I got people waiting, the Lord is dealing with me the whole time. Like I told you, you would not return to full-time secular employment. I, I'm taking the test, y'all. I got people waiting for me and I remember having to repent. And I, listen, listen, don't y'all do this. I remember, don't y'all do this. Um, see, I've gone to my pastor and I was like, pastor, uh, I was explaining to him, hey, I'm going to do this and that. And I, he, I had said, every, I just positioned it so well. <laughs> Everything sounded so good. Why would he have cause for concern? I was like, I ain't going to never miss church. And I was like, don't worry, I'm going to give the people of God a discount. I was like, you know, I'm going to do all this stuff. And I was like, you know, I can do it on my own time. I only need a couple of deals. I said, I probably won't even have to do it for like but a year. And I'd be good. And, you know, and the Lord is like, I told you, you will not return to secular employment. And I was like, I want to retire. <laughs> I was like, this is what I told him. I was like, Lord, I want to retire one day. I was like, you know, uh, anyway, we're going back and forth. So I said, all right, Lord, I'm sorry. I repent. And I didn't go get my license. I called my pastor. I was at the altar. I'll never forget that day. I was like, man, I was a crying wreck. You know, he was like, well, you good? And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not going to do it. And blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I didn't inaccurately represent things, but I just made it sound a whole lot nicer than it need to be. And he didn't know about what God had told me about and not doing it. So I just gave him full disclosure. Give everybody full disclosure. Praise God. So I didn't give full disclosure. And in all of that, I remember um, the Lord, the Lord dealt with me. It was right after that. Y'all have heard me tell this story. So the Lord, he gives me I told the Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you this and I'm going to keep preaching. So the Lord's got me on this journey. He's showing me something. So I was in my, my closet. Um, we had a closet in our bedroom. And I was getting ready to go preach a uh, family camp in Indiana. And as I'm going, I'm just kind of lamenting, um, you know, because, you know, I, anyway, here I'll kind of wear whatever I want to wear. But at that camp, I, you know, you, Dad, you're wearing a suit in like in 90-degree weather. So I'm already kind of feeling foul. I ain't even got there yet. And I'm like, man, I'm like, Lord, I'm tired of these dress socks from Walmart. I was like, man, every time I wear these joints, they, I don't know if they're black or blue after I wash them. They lose their elasticity. I can't even, I said, that's, that's why I don't wear socks really to this day, praise God. I, but, um, you know, so now, now I will say this. I do wear socks now because it's cold. But, you know, like during the summertime, praise God, you ain't got to wear socks uh, but I walked outside like a week ago. I was like, oh, Lord. And me, it was like, what? I was like, it's too cold for not having no socks on. I was like, I got to put some socks on my feet. Uh, and so then I was like, and Lord, you know what? And Sarah was right here. She was right there. She was just sitting down. Just I always, I'm always thinking out loud or talking to the Lord. She's like, I don't know. Who are you talking to? you talking to me? you talking to the Lord? You're talking to yourself? What are you doing? And I was like, Lord, I was like, I'm tired of Lincoln's knees in my back. I was like, I'm driving this Nissan Sentra, and it's just tight. So I go, and oh, I said, Lord, I want a Honda Accord. So I go, and I'm going to preach at this place, and this guy comes up to me, and he says, ma'am, uh, he tells me this whole story, but he comes up to me, he says, I'm in Ireland. Whenever I'm in Ireland, I get these custom-made socks. And he said, they never fade, and they never lose their elasticity. And he said, the Lord told me to give these to you. And he gives me these brand-new socks, and then later he tells me that the Lord told him to tithe uh, and to give me a tithe of these socks. Literally, my, my sock drawer was pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I'm not joking. I could not close it. And as I was trying to close it, the Lord was like, I told you it'd be pressed down, shaken together, running over. And I was like, thank you, Lord. I'm not exact. I was like this, trying to get the socks in there. I, used to, I love those socks. I still got some, praise God. But then I, I'm there and, you know, um, Sarah texts me. She's like, yo, uh, you won't believe this. And I was like, what? She was like, so-and-so texted and asked me a question and said, uh, did your husband ask the Lord for a car? And Sarah was like, you know, I didn't know what to say. And before I could respond, they said, uh, I already know the answer. Your husband asked the Lord for this car and sent her a picture of a Honda Accord, white Honda Accord. And they said, tell him when he gets back uh, that he can go pay cash for the car. Uh, just go pick it out, praise God. And so 
even in addition to that, I'd also ask the Lord for a vacation because we hadn't been on vacation in a while. And the Lord sent us money, over $10,000 to go on a vacation, uh, on a cruise. It was wonderful. So this was crazy. After that, that person that gave that told me this, well, told my wife this. They said, the Lord says, tell your husband if he has to send strangers to give into his bosom, he will. She's correcting me, hold on. Okay, yeah, praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Tell me that one more time. Here, she said, do not seek other employment because if God wants you to have money, he's going to send strangers to give it to you if you need it. Praise God. All right. <laughs> Got to keep that thing accurate. Thank you, Jesus. So, and do you know what? I had strangers coming up to me. I'm not joking. People I did not know. I ain't talking about like Tiff coming to me like, oh, you know, ain't nothing about that holy handshake. Praise God. That blessing. Let me, you know, that blessed handshake. Now, that ain't blessed. Praise God. No. That blessed handshake, you don't come up empty. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Thank <laughs> you. Let me, let, I know, praise God. Anyway, so, you know, that holy handshake, you know, people bless you like that. You, you're like, oh, man, what is that? Praise God. And you look, five, ten, twenty dollars $20, $50. That's a blessing. I didn't even know these people. They were coming up to me. I told y'all one time, dude was like, hey, come with me. And I was like, where are we going? He was like, oh, just into this closet. I was like, that's not. I was like, No. Michael said, keep it. And, and, and I go, so, but he, he reaches in the closet. I, I kind of had one foot in the closet and one foot out. Just so the door wouldn't close. Because I was like, Yo, you know, you know, you step in and you be like, <laughs> boy, we, I'd have been like Pram and Nita. It would have been time to. So I get in that closet. He reaches up. And he's like, the Lord told me you were coming and told me to give you this. I was like, what? I was like, $500. I've had people from all over. You know what? I've had, I told you all this. I've had one guy come. I'm getting on the elevator. And he's like, the Lord told me to give you this. And it was a check for $10,000. What am I trying to tell you? God is our source. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm going to show you some stuff, but I'm going to wrap this up. The reason why this is important is because if you put your trust in money, what are you going to do when the money that ain't worth what, what it's printed on? You think that day ain't coming? I'm not the conspirator, but do you realize what's moving and, hap moving and happening? We are so close to a cashless society where you will not be able to buy, sell, or trade with You and I better understand what's happening and realize that we serve a God. If he has to bring a raven to bring us some food or some provision, he'll do that. Why? Because my trust is in him, not in a system, not in a world, not in money, but in God. So God was trying to get me to say, hey, I'm your source. I'm your source. And here's what I want us to understand. If we're not careful, we'll depend on everything else. But God cursed the day. That we can live a life and not have to depend on you. This thing, so discerning this greed and anxiety will drive you to pursue mammon more than, you're, more than you'll ever realize. But true riches, everybody say true riches. See, mammon will have its own pile of riches and it wants you to think that you have to chase this stuff. But Paul talked about the riches of his glory. The riches of his grace. The riches of his mercy. See, here's what I found out. God is the wealthiest man you'll ever meet. And he's not stingy. He's not stingy with his grace. He's not stingy with his love. He's not stingy with his mercy. He's not stingy with his provision. He's never missed his child support. God always takes care of his home. And if we'll focus on him, you'll now never have to worry about what we have or don't have because it all belongs to him so how do we deal with this okay 
I'm going to tell you, how do we deal with mammon? Okay? I've helped you kind of discern it. I'm going to help you deal with it. It's really simple. I'm going to tell you this. We'll get ready to wrap it up. How many more? Okay, I'm just looking at my notes. Praise God. We can. Mia, come on. Musicians, come on. Give them some. Oh, excuse me. Praise God. My man, I don't even know what's going on over here. Cass, come on over here. Praise God. I'm like, Mia, come. Praise God. So here's what I want you to understand. Here's how we can deal with mammon. You ready? Y'all ain't ready. Okay. This is it. This ain't no pressure, but this is the truth. You give your way out of it. You give your way out of the path of mammon. Why? Because I never want that spirit to think it can have my attention more than the kingdom of God. There are people, when mammon comes, tapping them on the shoulder, they get greedy or they'll get anxious. They start making bad decisions. Let me help you understand something. When mammon comes and taps on your shoulder and you want to get anxious or you want to get greedy, understand that you need to keep your covenant with God with your generosity. That's why returning the tithe to him is so important. Tithing is an act of a covenant with a king I trust. I don't tithe because if I don't tithe, the church can't pay its rent. I tithe because I want God to know he is my source. So I want, I'm going to show you this. You give, and we talk about this. We have a couple of things going on right now with the big give. We do this, and I, I, I'm not here to pressure you. Pitch. I, I, I haven't, our treasurer takes care of all that. I haven't gone through anything. Don't know who's pledged to give what, whatever was going on. But here's what I do know. If you haven't yet participated or chosen to participate, you need to go ahead and participate in the big give. It's advancing the kingdom of God, and it gets you off of the path of mammon, and it ensures you are walking in covenant with Jesus Christ. When you return the tithe to him, and, you're offering an, and you offer an offering to him. Why are we doing the winter food drive? Because we want to be a blessing. Why are we going to give thousands of dollars to Mississauga Food Bank? Because we want to be a blessing. Why do we give to sick kids? And why do we give to Children's Peel, uh, Peel Children's Aid Society? And Stacy can give you the list of all the others. And why do we give to our strategic partners? Because the kingdom of God. God is here, and we're here to make a difference. But watch this in verse 9. I'm going to close. I'm going to wrap this up. Look at this in verse 9. I'm going to show you how to combat this. This is so cool. Look at verse 9. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon that when you fail. See, this is why sometimes you have to read different translations or sometimes get to the root of the word. Because if you get to the root of the word in the Greek, it's the Greek word for dying. When you expire, when you pass, they may receive you into an everlasting home. What's he talking about? I believe, and many other believe this as well, that he's talking about us using the material things God has blessed you and I with to make a difference in the lives of others, to win people, to build the kingdom of God, and to do things for the kingdom. And when you take unrighteous, unholy mammon, money, and you use it to bless other people's lives, when you expire, you'll be given entrance to an everlasting kingdom this is crazy but I thought about this song here old song old 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 song Ray Bolts called Thank You I don't know if y'all know that song or not this would, be, this would be back then when everybody was all the Christian songs were cinematic <laughs> and dramatic and you know Carmen if y'all have been in church and down Carmen Carmen would like leave his shirt unbuttoned all the way down <laughs> have like chest hair i'm like carmen we don't need to see all that bro but that was the 80s but ray bolts has a a song and it the song was called thank you thank you i i just want to I, I thought about that song this morning as i get ready to to wrap up what's happening here but the lyrics go like this i, I dreamed i went to heaven and you were there with me we walked upon the streets of gold beside the crystal sea we heard the angels singing, then someone called your name. You turned and saw this young man, and he was smiling as he came. 
And he said, friend, you may not know me now. And then he said, but wait, you used to teach my Sunday school when I was only eight. And every week you would say a prayer before the class would start. And one day when you said that prayer, I asked Jesus in my heart. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a life that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I'm so glad that you gave. And verse 2 says, then another man stood before you and said, remember the time? A missionary came to your church and his pictures made you cry. You didn't have much money, but you gave it anyway. Jesus took the gift you gave, and that's why I'm here today. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a life that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I'm so glad that you gave. And then he goes on, one by one they came far as the eye could see. Each life somehow touched by your generosity. Little things that you had done, sacrifices made, unnoticed on the earth, in heaven now proclaimed. And I know that up in heaven you're not supposed to cry, but I'm almost sure there were tears in your eyes. As Jesus took your hand and you stood before him, he said, my child, look around you, for great is your reward. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a life that was changed. I want us all to stand. What am I saying? And we're done. All my eggs are in Jesus' basket. I don't have any other hope, Pastor B. They're all in him. You can look at this world and you can see what other people are doing. And I'm not trying to be doom and gloom. I'm not that guy. And I'm not the conspirator. But stuff is unfolding right before our very eyes. That's why I told you the kingdom of God operates differently. We sow and we reap. We're in the world, they buy and they sell. But we operate with sowing and reaping. And here's the cool thing. You don't have to buy God's blessings. Just keep him first because he knows he has your heart. And then he'll give you everything that you could ever imagine. You don't have to have more money. And today, you know what? I feel like we're making this declaration. Jesus, you're the king of my life. And I'll put you first in everything. Today, I want to challenge everybody that's a part of our ACU family, even our friends. This really is the principle to unlocking everything you need in the kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. It's not about money. It's not about, it is not about money, but it's about seeking him first I don't want to give God my leftovers I want to give him my first I want to give him all of who I am amen I feel like there is we're on the precipice you can tell God is growing us and preparing us and you can tell there's a shift happening as we get ready we'll be hearing a lot more about our second campus in Toronto that we're going to be launching and how you all are a part of that and can be engaged we're in the process of working with the landlord and I'll just give you another te testimony I told you this and I celebrate it but even the first year of our lease at that campus has already been paid for and taken care of because not just because we make the declaration because 10% of everything that comes into this house is sent into another man's field we rejoice in what God is doing and just the tithe alone over the last five and a half years that we've been and we've given over $244,000 into another man's field That doesn't include other giving. If I were to tell it all that up, it would probably be close to $400,000 that we have given to others. We are going to be known for our extraordinary generosity. Praise God. I, I long for the day. If you let me dream for 30 seconds. I long for the day where we can go into retail stores and buy every box of shoes and go out and help those in need. I look forward to the day we can go into Walmart, buy every backpack, fill it up with school supplies and go into underprivileged communities and give every kid what they need so they can have a great school year. 
I look forward to it. I look forward to being able to, we've done it once and it was small, but we bought somebody, a single mom who was living for the Lord, trying to make it, couldn't get to her second job from the first job. So you know what we did with some of the big give? I found a used car. I got with somebody. We repaired it, put $3,000 in it, sent her on her way. She was able to go to and from work, get to church. This is what we do. Your giving is making a difference. Here's what I'd like us to do. Seek ye first the spirit. Seek ye first the kingdom. And I'm, I'm not making a big push. I'm not making any push. We've already had the big give, but perhaps some of you all weren't able to participate or perhaps didn't know what's happening. You can find out more about it. You can stop by Guest Central. We have materials there that will inform you. And if you'd like to participate, it's still not too late. But we just want to seek ye first the kingdom in everything that we do. Our lives belong to him. So here's what I want us to say. I want us to be able to lift our hands. And our worship team is going to begin to sing. And as you're just kind of reconnecting or connecting, I should say, to his presence, thank you for all that watched online. God bless you. We love you big. We hope and pray you feel better. Can't wait to see you next Sunday. But here's what I want us to do. I want us to just begin to lift up his name and just begin to sing to the Lord. And as you feel led or you feel so inclined, I want you to come to this altar. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.